You're listening to Inspiration Noble County, a podcast dedicated to restoring and building up our community. At the end of today's podcast, we will provide valuable contact and resource information. For now, grab a cup of coffee, tea, or your favorite beverage and join our host, Banner Kid, for today's episode of Inspiration Noble County. Well, and thank you. Glad to be with you today. And our special guest today from Common Grace, it's Angie Kidd. Angie, how you doing? I'm good, Banner. How are you? I'm just fine. And so glad to have you with us today. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know some about you. We, we go back uh, a ways and uh, all the way back to recording at Sweetwater back in the, in the early mid-90s, something yes, like that. So, actually, yeah, something like that. I actually like brought you a copy of that, oh, Banner. Oh, wow. I that have, is so yeah. cool. Thank you, you so much. I yeah. love this. Oh, wow. Man, I, you know, I've wondered because I never got a copy of it. Oh, well, now you have it. And, you know, I have a whole lot more of them. If you run out of that one, right. something happens. I got lots. I even have cassettes. Wow. <laughs> you know what? We ought to make some of these available to people. You know, I bet. Happy that, to. Yeah, let's let's plan on doing that. So yeah, that's just a little bit of a blast from the past there that I wasn't <laughs> expecting, and uh, that, that is so cool. Let's see, what's this say on the front? Although this is ancient history, you were the open door to it happening. You were the banner with my name on it, my big God sign. <laughs> Thank you, banner. Oh wow, that's so cool. Yeah, see, because when I made that call about that album, it was just so outside of my box, mm -hmm. and so I prayed beforehand. I said. God, if this is what you mean for me to do, I need a really big sign. And you were the one that answered the phone. Wow. It was a really big banner with my name on the I can, end. I can still remember that, by the way. Yeah. I, can, I can remember sitting at my yeah. desk when the phone call came in and we talked. And that is, that's just so cool. Yeah. So, uh, well, you've been around this community for a long time. And yeah. a lot of people, they may not be familiar. And by the way, we both share the same last name, but I don't think we're related. I don't think so. I don't think so. No. So tell folks about it. Who's Angie Kidd? You know, yeah. I mean, that could be quite a story in itself. <laughs> well, it could be, but I'll leave those parts out. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was actually raised right here in Noble County and in poverty, you know, didn't feel it kind of the same way that people feel it now, I don't think. Mm -hmm. You know, but, but raised here, big family, six kids, uh, down in the very corner of the county, down in Wilmot. So mm. Most people haven't heard of that, but it's down in the southwest corner. Mm -hmm. You know, I went away to college just for a little bit and ready to come back home and I've been home ever since so I'm mm -hmm. passionate about the work that I do here in Noble County with mm -hmm. those that kind of get behind the eight ball sometimes sure because I've been there so you bet you bet yeah. and, and you're yeah. married to a, a wonderful man, man uh, Chris I am he 40 years this year Banner 40 wow. years that's awesome Can't believe it we've been together since we were 17 that's cool yep and we have two kids uh -huh. adults Andy is going to be 38 here this year and wow. my daughter will turn 30 35 tomorrow. So, that is so incredible. Yeah, and two grandkids, great uh -huh. son-in-law, so yeah. Yeah, family's it's everything, good. isn't it? It is. You know? It is. Uh, and one of the things I know that uh, we've experienced, I know you have as well, is how big the family is then when you begin to include those people outside of just those blood relatives, mm -hmm. right? Right. And uh, it brings to mind uh, what you do, and uh, some people may have heard of Common Grace, mm -hmm. uh, Maybe they're not aware of it or the history behind it. I think it would be a good idea to kind of fill people in on how did Common Grace come about? How did you become a part of that? And, and what, just how that all works. Yeah. You would. 
So Common Grace was born in the late 90s. There were three pastors here in Kendallville, actually, Mm -hmm. that just saw the same people coming to their doors over and over again, asking for assistance with bills or whatever. And they realized they were also going to multiple churches asking Mm -hmm. for the same bill. So they decided to bring together an organization built on four pillars. One would be that that organization would know where the resources were and how to access them in the community. Mm-hmm. They would build relationships with people so that more than a Band-Aid would be applied to a problem. Mm-hmm. They would coordinate. Now, we we don't necessarily coordinate other ministries and organizations. Mm-hmm. We collaborate an awful lot, though. Right. And then the fourth piece was advocacy. So those are the pillars that were built. So it came out of the churches here. And originally, it was just in the east side of the county, but it was then expanded out to uh, where we had an office for a little while in, in Albion mm-hmm. and one in Ligonier. We still have a satellite in Ligonier, and then we have the main campus here in the Kendallville area. So we have Common Grace, which is financial assistance. So utilities and rent primarily, but other things too. We don't take any government funding, so that had our hands tied right. by mm-hmm. that funding for a while as a faith-based organization. So got rid of that. And then um, we have a food pantry here that serves the 46755 zip code for here in Noble County. But we collaborate quite a bit with the other food pantries. We Mm -hmm. often are sharing resources and we meet together just to encourage one another and to work together. And then we have a hope chest, which is furniture uh, that serves also all of Noble County, just as Common Grace does. And we have a new kid on the block. Um, Noble New Way came about out of the asset-based work that we do. Mm -hmm. So Um, You know, as we talked about this podcast and you were talking about um, just making people aware and of what the what the groups are, that's calling out the assets in the community. Mm -hmm. So that kind of talk always makes my ears perk up because I love connecting those dots that Mm -hmm. aren't already connected. Mm -hmm. And then um, we're doing some new things. You know, we we often talk about either teach a man to fish or give them the fish. Well, we don't want to just give the fish, want to teach them to fish. Right. Well, the question then becomes, what if the pond is toxic? Right. So if we have someone we're working with in domestic violence and we pay that bill and send that person back out into the same thing they just came out of, have we really done all that we can? Exactly. And, you know, as we talked about those pillars, we have lived into those four pillars quite well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are a resource for our community. We do collaborate. We do build those relationships. But we felt we could do more with advocacy. So Mm. last year, we really dug into what brings people to our doors. You bet. And we came into five different things. Domestic violence is one of them. Mm -hmm. So we went to the domestic violence task force table so that we could educate ourselves on how to recognize and respond in a better way. So that's been a really good thing. Mm -hmm. Mental health is another. We sit at the Parkview table, they they came up with a mental health collaborative about a year ago. So we were at that table, and that has turned into a team of people building a crisis intervention team for Mm -hmm. Noble County. Mm -hmm. So we're doing that. Post-incarceration work, people who are coming out of incarceration often don't have the right IDs. They don't have the vital documents to get there. And that's the key to everything to Mm -hmm. get them started. And then we work with housing. We do eviction intervention clinics now at the courthouse twice a month. We're working with just trying to head homelessness off at the pass. Yeah, amen. And on the housing coalition as well. And there we're, we're pretty much the voice for affordable housing. 
yes, we need all levels of housing, but we can't forget that we also need right. affordable housing. Mm -hmm. And then transportation is the last one. And we have no desire to have a little in-dot number on our car and have sure. to deal with all of that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's beyond my pay grade. I don't, right. don't want to go there. <laughs> but we could do something about those folks that are choosing between a car repair and their rent or utilities. Right. So we ask them, talk to us about that. We're very heavily in, into the idea of nothing about me without me. So mm -hmm. if we're going to do something, we want to involve the people that are actually feeling that at the moment. And they said, you know, it's not the problem that the car is broken down. Sure. It's I don't know who to trust to fix it and mm -hmm. I can't pay a lump sum. So we built a network and we're, we haven't launched this yet. It's brand new. It's called Getting Started. And uh -huh. if you are familiar with Jeremy Camp's song, oh, yeah. Getting Started, mm -hmm. we love that. That mm -hmm. could be our motto at Common Grace Ministries about, you know, don't keep looking back where you were. You right. know, we believe in you. You're just getting started. Amen. Well, we want those cars started too. So Amen. we stole the name. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one to do. And Maybe we want to give him a call and say, hey, can we borrow that? You know what? <laughs> I have thought about that very thing because yeah. what if, you know, what if he just wanted to help come alongside that little thing? Yeah. He's an um, Indiana boy. Yeah. yeah right. Uh, I played with his dad and his brother at one time uh, for a conference back several years All ago. Right. So <laughs> well, maybe you're the contact to get well, I don't that know. door banner. Uh, his, his dad's name, Tom. I may have to give him a call. <laughs> So, but, <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that network is a network of car repair places yeah. in Noble County, followed by lenders and followed by HR people. Oh, because if, yeah. if there's somebody that's working and they have employee assistance, you know, if we can get that number down where we can get it paid, sure. then, you know, we can get people back on the road and back to work. So. Yeah, those, those are all big things because they're yeah. the things we all face in life. And mm -hmm. sometimes you get into a position where you, you don't see a way out. And well, what you said about... Uh, they don't know who to trust mm -hmm. is a big one, especially if it's someone who really doesn't understand their car. They don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And we hear all the horror stories about right. how people get taken advantage of. So you're doing a good work there. Now, I'm interested in how did you get involved coming from uh, being raised in poverty? I understand that I was, too. Mm -hmm. And many of us were, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. uh, so we understand that. But what drives Angie? How did you get involved? <laughs> well, you know, when you live in Wilmot, there's not a whole lot out there. So the dream is get out of Wilmot, yeah. <laughs> you know, and now I have such a wonderful place in my heart for Wilmot. I love it. I've mm -hmm. gone back not long ago. I mm -hmm. went back and just walked where I grew up and, but I wanted to do more. And mm -hmm. I, I was raised in a family that even if you don't have anything monetarily to give, you give what you can. And that maybe yep. that's a hug. Maybe that's helping someone out. And sure. so we were raised to be helpers and I thought I wanted to be a banker. So mm -hmm. I went to accounting school and then I was was a stay-at-home mom for a while, and I, I kind of went to work, not work, volunteering for the Red Cross, running mm -hmm. blood drives and bone marrow drives, and fell in love with medicine, so mm -hmm. went to school and became an occupational therapy practitioner. Okay. <laughs> and then my husband and I went back to school together after our kids graduated from college, and we got our bachelor's degrees in organizational leadership. Mm -hmm. And then I was just finishing with that and really ready to be done with school. Mm -hmm. Just had enough of it under right. my belt mm -hmm. when God said, Hey, I got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard this in my ear. It's time. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and I had been involved in ministry for many, many years. And, you know, I was at an ordination service when that call came Mm -hmm. and, you know, I tried to swat it away. You know, it was that proverbial fly coming back no matter how much I swatted and Mm -hmm. ended up going to seminary and was ordained in the Methodist church for a while. I'm no longer, but during all of that and going through school, I was burning out so bad on OT. I was working in skilled nursing, not on OT really, occupational therapy still in every day in the work that I do. I still love my profession Mm -hmm. and I keep all my licensure currents and, and this is occupational therapy month. So there's the plug for it. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But I knew I had to get out of it. Mm -hmm. It was actually my hairdresser. She said, you're so stressed. Your hair is falling out. Oh, wow. You need to do something different. And I came home on a Friday night and I told my husband, I told Chris, I can't do it anymore. I cannot do this work. It's not right what we're doing to people. It's just not good. I can't do it. And he said, I'm so glad to hear that. Uh, So we took a leap of faith and I stopped. I wrote my resignation letter the next day. It was a Saturday morning. And on Sunday morning, my pastor came to me and said, hey, Common Grace is going to need a new director. Their director's retiring. And I said, well, I'm turning in my resignation tomorrow. He (laughs) said, maybe you better apply for the job first. (laughs) I said, no, I mean, I really am. It's a leap of faith. No turning back. No turning back. I'm turning it in. And, you know, after that, just things fell into place with Common Grace. My last day in skilled nursing was May the 12th of 2012. Mm -hmm. And um, I started work at Common Grace then on November the 19th in 2012. So just celebrated 10 years. I love it. Um, You know, we're doing well. We've expanded. We have great supporters and great partnerships. Mm -hmm. So you're doing a great work here in this community. I mean, those of us who know you and know what Common Grace is all about, we understand that. I mean, uh, we've been the recipient of that uh, with our men in the recovery program. And we pointed other people in your direction Mm -hmm. because you get results. You have an organization in place that works together and you can get things done. And so much appreciated by us that we have a partner like you. So... I know you had a lot of people come through your door and you've helped a lot of people, but I'm always curious uh, because we all have a story. There's one that just stands out to us. And I'm wondering if you have something like that you could share with our listeners. I do. I do. There is a woman pretty close to my age, Mm -hmm. but we won't talk about how old I am, but pretty close to my age. (laughs) About 29, right? That's right. That's right. (laughs) Never mind. I just said my kids were 38, 35. (laughs) You did not hear that. That's right. Strike that. <laughs> um, you know, she she's always you know kind of came in, never really took very good care of herself. Um, you know, always had the do rag in place and just. Um, you know, didn't have teeth, just swore at us, really was on a very thin ice. Mm-hmm. And, she, you know, I had to remove her one day because she was swearing at me so badly in mm-hmm. the middle of the food pantry. And I told her, this is your last chance. Mm-hmm. We just don't tolerate that behavior here. This isn't the place for it. So, you know, you need to get yourself together right? or, or don't come back. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. I just I don't like to say that to right. people, but we don't tolerate disrespect. Mm-hmm. It's just not okay. And, you know, it took a while, but she came back and she's still, you know, really biting her tongue. Sure. And, and then as we, as we started to build a bit of a relationship over about a four year period, really Mm -hmm. three or four years, 
I noticed when she came in, she was, um, she still had her do-rag in place, but mm-hmm. now her do-rag matched her shirt. Oh. And she was clean and a little bit more kept. No teeth still, but mm-hmm. still, you know, you could see a change starting mm-hmm. to happen. And, you know, COVID struck and we were serving at curbside and, mm-hmm. you know, I'd go out to the car and part of my French folks, but she used to say, you know, when I would be there, because usually it's other staff that are there, she would ask me, what the hell are you doing here? Right. And during COVID, I walked out one day and she goes, uh-oh, is everybody okay? Oh. And I was just really taken aback yeah. by that. I never heard her express concern for someone else. Mm-hmm. And I noticed she had a cross around her neck. And she was just another step toward looking more put together. Right. And over the next year or so, we just started to really dig in and build relationship. Mm-hmm. And she was with us. Um, one day she came in, her hair was all done. And we had tried to connect her with some dental resources. Mm-hmm. And she had gotten dentures so she had this beautiful smile and then we were talking about she was going to get a bed and she wanted to know if we'd set it up and I'm like no we don't set it up for you you have to do that I said I know you have a neighbor that will help you and she looked up at the ceiling and said help me Jesus and I said what did you say and she goes just got a hold of me I love it (laughs) and I said really and she goes thanks for not giving up on me it's like she had to say it really fast or it wasn't going to come out. Uh We have all built a relationship with her now. And one of our staff members will pick her up and take her to church when she's willing to go. Hallelujah. That's awesome. She's got some background there. So we've tried to get her connected with coming to the CCC for Mm. um, recovery, you know, little bits at a time. Yep. You bet. But, but that change, you know, just the, just kind of a little bit by bit metamorphosis into Mm -hmm. this new person. So, you know, a lot of times I, I find that that's the case. And, and when we meet people where they're at mm-hmm. and we're able to uh, to show them we care enough to help them with the things yeah. that, that they need, That's right. uh, over time, it's it's like the, the ice begins to melt, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It, it's so good to see things like that. And I bet you have story after story of things like that. We do. You know, I know that we do too. And, you know, one of the things that we like to do is uh, we hear from you from time to time and we send a crew over uh, to help you. You always need people to help, don't you? I I do. And actually, three of your guys were there this morning helping mm-hmm. us lug salmon around. So. Yeah. I've heard about that salmon. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. We shared a little bit of that out. We had a lot of it. Yeah, I heard so you did. <laughs> yep. Yep. They went home with ricotta cheese this morning. And I said, now, when you get that lasagna done, let me know when it's ready. There you go. Yeah. They'll be cooking it, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. That's what they told me. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're great Cooper guys. And we do the postal drive here in Kendallville, which is coming up May 13th. And my husband is out on the dock at the post office. Office, mm-hmm. And he kind of heads that up for me. And he worked with the guys and he's a very quiet guy. He doesn't often say much. And mm-hmm. we were in church the Sunday after the postal drive a couple of years ago. And he'd worked with the guys. And when it came to prayer concerns, he stood up and said, you know, I worked with a great group of guys. And he told about the, the guys that he'd worked with on the dock from mm-hmm. inspiration. And he said, you know, we need to be praying for this ministry because they're doing great things. Hallelujah. So I, it was, I was shocked. I was preaching that day. So I was up in the pulpit taking yeah. the prayer concerns and I was like, whoa. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That blesses my heart to hear that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause these men are, they're like the representatives of inspiration. Mm-hmm. So when, when they go out and they encounter 
encounter people mm-hmm. and they do you know what they're supposed to do and they act with kindness and and willingness it, it really means a lot mm-hmm. that they do that and uh, we've been blessed because we've heard that story over and over again but I think it's indicative of a lot of people when we come to that place where we realize that we do have something to offer mm-hmm. and we begin to think that our worth is more than we thought it was in the first place I, I'm sure you find that yes. too don't you yes yes and that's the asset-based work I was telling you about mm-hmm. you know we, we're even going into schools now we work with Oak Farm and the, mm-hmm. the schools here to talk about poverty and what that means mm-hmm. um, that it's not about stuff it's really about how you feel about yourself right I mean, yes stuff is involved but the stuff is it's a symptom sure of that underlying stuff that we talked about earlier that mm-hmm. we've been working on but there was a huge World Bank study done mm-hmm. years ago and they came out with what does it mean to be in poverty and when they ask people in true poverty like third world kind of poverty the answers were not about stuff the one that always sticks with me is I feel like dirt mm-hmm. you know no one sees me no one hears me no one cares about me I have no value I have nothing to offer mm-hmm. all children of God and we all are yeah have talents abilities gifts and skills to share so I use that with the kids talents abilities gifts and skills tags Mm -hmm. and we talk about how when you're trying to call those tags out those talents abilities gifts and skills if you're focused on calling those out on the people around you Mm -hmm. you can't slap a label on someone else and I have my pet peeve labels when it comes to poverty needy is number one right oh I hate the word needy yeah I don't even like calling people poor. Right. I mean, if you think about, would I use this word to say it to your face? Mm-hmm. You know, and what would that yeah. face look like if I said, oh, you're so needy? Mm-hmm. You know, what would the person on the other end of that feel like? It's right. just an awful thought. Oftentimes we do that. Yeah. yeah. And we don't realize it mm-hmm. sometimes. You know, people think they're being kind by saying the needy and, you know, well, we got to help the needy. No, you have to help your neighbor. Right. It's your neighbor. Love God, love neighbor. Amen. You know, and that neighbor, maybe they don't have as much stuff as you do, but they have just as many gifts and skills to offer to the world that you do. We feel like part of our job is to call that out. Mm -hmm. And we watch people's posture change when we ask them, hey, tell me what you're good at. Mm -hmm. Especially when men come in to ask for help. It's hard. It's hard for everybody to ask for help. I'm Mm -hmm. terrible at it. But men are often, we call them navel gazers, you know, Mm -hmm. when they come in and they, you know, they're slumped over. But when we say, hey, why don't you tell me something you're good at? Mm-hmm. And they start to tell you, like, you know, they sit up straighter and they start to tell you some mm-hmm. things they know how to do. And, you know, I remember one man said, well, I can fix a car. I'm like, are you kidding me? We've been looking for people who know how to fix a car. Right. My dad was a mechanic. Oh, and, you know, his posture starts coming up. He almost forgot to finish his application for the need that he had because he just realized I have something to offer. Mm-hmm. I have something to give. Amen. And if I know how to fix a car, I'm like, have you ever thought about working for a car repair place or something? Mm-hmm. You know, go to a car dealership. Well, no, I guess not. <laughs> you know, he'd been working in factories and manufacturing mm-hmm. and he didn't think about it. And I said, well, do what you love and get paid for it, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it, it is that simple, isn't it? It is in a, in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. You know, it one is. of the things that, that I've learned uh, and I was coming to that realization even before, but having been in the ministry, in the recovery ministry and interacting with other people in the community and having come out of the church, I was born again in 1987 and mm-hmm. I've been through a lot of things and we 
can spend several podcasts mm-hmm. on that. But realizing that everybody is essentially the same, mm-hmm. you know, it talks about naked we came into the world, naked we go right. out of the world. I mean, we really don't have much of anything except the life that we have in us, mm-hmm. you know, because the body's not going to last. We're going to lay that down. And it says one day we get a, a new body. Now, I don't know what that's like, but I know it's going to be pretty cool. But the reality is that uh, the Bible says God doesn't show favorability. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's no respecter of persons. But we have a tendency to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's why we would look at somebody and say they're needy or they're in poverty. Mm-hmm. In extreme cases, you know, we might cross the street to stay away from them. Right. Some people even do that. And uh, one of the things that I've stressed in, in my ministry is that we're all broken. That's right. And though we may want to toss out that word needy, we don't understand our own needs. Mm-hmm. And we all have needs uh, and we all need Jesus. That's right. At the end of the day, uh, nothing else matters. And we may really have a lot of stuff. And we may have the nice house and the nice job and got a great retirement we're looking forward to and got the car and the three kids and the dog and everything is just looks great. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that we still have problems. And most of the times we use those things to mask what's really going on inside of us yeah. that we don't want to come to terms with. And, and it's so much easier to point out what we think is a flaw in somebody else rather than to deal with ourselves. And I think when we get involved involved in a ministry uh, like inspiration and like common grace to where we're dealing with people in real time with their needs it challenges us about who we are and our own needs, right? Right, right. You know, when we started to change directions at Common Grace, right after I came on board in mm-hmm. roughly 2013, mm-hmm. I had this aha moment. I call it my Godsmack moment, actually. I was in the food pantry, and there were four generations shopping together, and I knew they'd been coming for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I, my first thought was, we're not doing enough. And immediately, this is the Godsmack part. It was, no, you're doing too much. Mm. And I couldn't figure out what that meant for the longest time. And I just kept praying about that and thinking about that. What does that mean? Right. So I started looking at other ministries and how are they approaching ministry and came across a book called When Helping Hurts. Mm. Um, it's by Brian Fickert and Steve Corbett. And they're out of the Chalmers Center down in Lookout Mountain, Georgia. And the premise of that book is that poverty alleviation is not about stuff. Mm-hmm. It is about broken relationships. And th- there are four key relationships, God, self, others, and the rest of creation. Amen. And, you know, our relationship with God was broken in the fall. Mm-hmm. And because that relationship was broken, our relationship with others is not quite right. right. Our relationship with ourself, we mm-hmm. don't see ourselves the way that God sees us. We were filled with shame. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they're asking for the leaves. Oh, we need to cover ourselves immediately. There's shame because right. of that broken relationship with God and the rest of creation and taking care of our world. God gives us this beautiful creation and gives us work and we're expected to use those mm-hmm. things. So being employed and sustainable, that's part of your relationship with God. Amen. You know, I recently became an ambassador for them because 
I believe so deeply in that core of that work. Amen. And we've seen it so, so much. Mm-hmm. We love Acts 3 where, you know, Peter and John go to the temple and there's the, quote, the beggar sitting right. by the door of the temple. And if you've ever been to the Holy Land, you know that if you're going to the temple, you don't look at, you don't touch, you can throw your alms, but you don't look at them and you don't touch them. Because if you do, you are going to have to go to a ritual bath before you can enter the temple because right. now you're unclean. Mm-hmm. And Peter and John stop, mm-hmm. you know, when the man calls out and the first thing they did was look him in the eye. Mm-hmm. And the next thing that Peter did is reach out his right hand, which yeah. is the holy hand, the yeah. righteous hand. Mm-hmm. He reaches out his right hand and he said, you know what? I don't have silver and gold to give you, but take my hand. Amen. And then he touches the man mm-hmm. and the man is healed. And then when the man is healed, he goes into the temple mm-hmm. and all of the other people who see this man that's been healed, they've seen him his whole life mm-hmm. by the gate. Now they're all changed and they're asking questions. They follow him all the way to Solomon's temple and say, mm-hmm. what's going on here? How did right. this, how did this happen? And, you know, Peter takes him to task. Why is it so hard for you to believe that God can do this stuff? Amen. Cause and he can, he can, he can do anything, anything. I'm so thankful that he would use us. I know, you know, it's, it's, it's humbling. Amazing. Yeah, it really is. You know, uh, Angie, there's so much we could talk about <laughs> and, uh, I don't plan on this being our last uh, uh, rodeo at a podcast. <laughs> all right. So so we have more to go. But before we leave, can you tell our listeners how they can contact you if sure. they are in need, if they just want to connect and be a part of what's going on sure. and want to know what we're talking about even? Can you share that with our sure. listeners before we leave? So Common Grace Ministries, we can be found on Facebook at Common Grace Noble County. We can also be found at commongraceministries.org. Mm-hmm. You can contact our office. It's 260-349-1942. That's our main number. Mm-hmm. You can email us at info at commongraceministries.org. If you want to help us, come alongside us. You can donate online, donate furniture, donate food, donate funding. You know, we do always need a hand now and then with mm-hmm. events, event mm-hmm. planners. Oh, if there are event planners out there, it would be great to have more hands come alongside mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know someone that's in need, and while we only serve Noble County, if you know someone and they happen to be outside of the county that needs to know how to resource in their own mm-hmm. community. We've resourced as far away as Terre Haute. Okay. That's I great. Mean, we know how to find township trustees and those are really a key in a community to get them to other resources. So very good. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you very much. Thanks thank for you having for coming me in. Andrew. We're gonna do this again. Okay. Meantime, may the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, and just let Jesus shine through you. All right. Thanks, Banner. You bet. We'll talk again you. soon. Thank you, Angie. Right. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to Inspiration Noble County. Inspiration is a ministry dedicated to helping the least, the last, and the lost, specializing in recovery treatment and housing, and focused on building up the entire community, one life at a time. You can learn more at inspirationministries.com. Please like us on Facebook at The 112. That's the words, The 112, spelled out with no spaces. Join us next time for another episode of Inspiration Noble County. Meantime, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you.